When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, October 14th, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Got a good show for you guys this week. We preview their game against the Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday while also reviewing their big game against the Cleveland Browns from this past week. We also welcome in Matthew Lavallee, who's going to be co-hosting the show with me as we try to break down the games from last week and this week. We also welcome in Joe Goodberry from uh, NFL 1000 on Bleach Report and Ben Volin from the Boston Globe. Oh. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Patriots Beat. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Go find our show on clnsradio.com. Go follow us at CLNS Radio, and go find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fans. This is episode number 143. A lot of great topics for you this week. Going over the, uh, the Browns game last week, Big discussing week. the yeah. Bengals this Sunday. But we have a special guest with us this week to help us sort through the shenanigans that is the Patriots Week 5 preview matchup, Week 6 preview matchup against the Bengals. Yeah. The, the New yeah. England sports super intern, as I've come to call him, <laughs> Matt Lavallee. Thank you for joining us today and co-hosting this with me. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty well. It's a, it's a big week. We're we're done. We're done with the Red Sox, so we can put R. that R. behind it. I, I didn't mean to put it like that, but... We're moving on, and we're on to we're on we're actually on to Cincinnati now. <laughs> we're we, literally we say, on to Cincinnati yeah, yeah. for the for second yeah, time so, in three years. So so big big Pat's talk. Re- rest in peace, the Boston Red Sox. We, we we would talk more about them, but just from Matt and I, I don't need to say rest anymore. in pieces. Yeah. But anyway, Matt, let's let's go over this game against the Browns, thirty three to thirteen in Cleveland. You know, it's hard to kind of test how your football team is doing when you're right. going against a team. Like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. But what said, did you see? You said in Cleveland. It was more like a home game. I saw oh my God. Pats fans outnumbering, you know, Browns fans. It was ugly. Of players noted that as well. But, I mean, Tom Brady's return, what did you expect? You know, mm-hmm. offensive player of the week that only took, what, one game. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, we'll see when there's a real test. I don't think the Bengals are that real test either. Maybe the Steelers the following week, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. But, I don't know. I, I, I like what I saw. I 
I don't, I don't know. Do you think there's cause for concern with Gronk, his inactivity? No, I, it was that was one of those games where in the past it would have been Rob Gronkowski right. for his usual five catches right. for 109 yards, but he would have had two touchdowns, and then that last third touchdown would have gone to like Scott Chandler sure, for yeah. 30 yards and two catches. But, you know, you have Martellus Bennett now, yeah. so he's going to attract so much attention. Those three touchdowns that he had, usually, like I said, two of those go to Gronk, but... You know, every single week, it's going to be some combination of like 200 yards and two touchdowns split up between the two of them somehow, which they, is unbelievable. Are they better than Hernandez and Gronk? I, you have to think so. I mean, yeah. at this point, Martellus Bennett has to be looked at as one of the five best tight ends in football, blocking yeah. and receiving. Combine that with Rob Gronkowski being the best tight end in football. So I think you're saying Gronk and anybody is Gronk, Gronk and nobody is the best duo of basically. Tight ends you just yeah. as long as you have Gronk, and then just the fact that Martellus Bennett, right. even without Gronk, he was ranked as the best tight end in football when Gronk wasn't playing. That's great. Now yeah. the best tight end in football is actually yeah, coming and back. They're not just catching tight ends. Both it's of unbelievable. Them are, are blocking tight ends, which is something that you know. Other big, mm-hmm. big position skill players, Randy Moss, never gave you. I think this is Brady's most dangerous team yet. So Bucky Brooks, who's the uh, one of the hosts from the uh, from around the NFL, sure. they're previewing. Yeah. They have a little YouTube thing where they preview every single game. So the preview of this game, they're talking about the Patriots' 12 personnel offense when they have two tight ends on the field, two wide receivers, and one running back. He called it. Without a question, the single best offensive formation of any team in the entire in the entire NFL. When you have yeah. James White, uh, Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, Martellus Bennett, and Rob Gronkowski on this offense on the field at the same time, I challenge you. I don't think there's a way to stop it. I think it's impossible. Well, I mean, you can throw those. You can throw any year, and you can throw 07. You can throw 2010. You can throw even 2000. You know, eleven, whatever, mm-hmm. and this year, maybe two years ago, you can, maybe not two years ago, but you can really interchange those. I mean, mm-hmm. it comes down to like, oh, do you want Welker? Do you want Edelman at their best? You know, it's mm-hmm. so he's had lots of good weapons. Yeah. I don't think that's a question. But this, is this the best? We'll see. I mean, it's week six now, so yeah, we got and, time. And Brady's only been there for one. So but, you know, one thing that also I think inspires yeah. confidence of both of us. You know, this defense this year has been a roller coaster because you know right. against the Houston Texans, completely shut them out in Houston. Sure, yeah. Jamie Collins looks like the defensive player of the year, and then they come out against Buffalo and just get they get slaughtered by a all bad offense, and then they come out against the Browns. And sure, you know they gave up yards here and there, but for the most part, you know, restoring some confidence in what is a very talented group of defenders. But this week. A.J. Green, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, maybe Tyler Eifert. It's a lot. It's a lot to cover on offense. Do you think that this defense can actually hold up to the well, Bengals? I, I think the Bengals' offense, especially their offensive line, has been disappointing. They can't keep – you know, they can have all those weapons, but they're getting nothing from the running game in Bernard because they have no offensive line mm-hmm. to do anything. And they can't uh, block the rush either, so Dalton's getting knocked down. He. I think they're still suffering from that loss against Pittsburgh. They, you know, they've been a mediocre team at best, you know, since Dalton got here. And now mm-hmm. they, you know, they're not, they're not the same team. I don't, I don't fear them at all. And it's kind of funny that, you know, they had Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones the past like three years were unable to do anything with them. Marvin Jones. Past wild card weekend. Mar- yeah. <laughs> Marvin Jones goes to the Detroit Lions. Yeah. 
currently leads the NFL in receiving yards. And then Muhammad Sanu goes to Atlanta and is currently leading one of the best offenses in football as the number two receiver behind Julio Jones. But it's just interesting to me that, you know, it just kind of shows the ineptitude of the Cincinnati Bengals to have all these weapons and just be able to do nothing with them well, as usual. Yeah, well, that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, welcome. Welcome to the life of uh, Andy Dalton. Can we talk about uh, Patriots injuries right now? I mean, I don't know what we have concern for, especially mm-hmm. after the um, the NFL ruled out the what is it? The, there, you can't be called no one. You can't anymore. be probable anymore. That's so it's either ever, questionable, right? doubtful, That's garbage, or you're out. But, you know, we've uh, so thank you for bringing that up because we have Ben Volin from the Boston Globe coming on later. He yeah. gives us a full ranging injury report. Uh, so talking a little bit about Brandon Bolden, what's going on? Yeah, with, he missed uh, practice this week. Yeah, he he uh, oh, he's man. still dealing with that knee injury he missed last week. Well, Shane McClellan yeah. is out of the concussion protocol, so maybe we'll actually see what the heck he can do on a football field because he keeps missing games and it's pissing me off because I want to see him in a Patriots uniform. Well, I, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he he's got the inside scoop on uh, who's in who's mm-hmm. out, but uh, I I know. Edelman, Grappolo, obviously. I don't, hopefully, we don't have to see him, but uh, he's. I think he's still day to day. Yeah, I think Edelman. Well, the good thing that's about Edelman is that you know this year or last year, I think they asked so much of him from a physical standpoint to be their punt returner, to be a kick returner fifty percent of the time, to be their number one option when Gronk was out, and just they demanded so much of Julian Edelman. And I think this year he's going to just last so much longer because his physical demands as a wide receiver are way down. There's more targets in the offense now. He's not being asked to get crushed over the middle of the field anymore. They're they're running a lot more outside routes with him. So hopefully this year he can actually last into the deeper parts of the season just like he did in 2014. Yeah, hopefully the same goes for Gronk because you see with Gronk, they didn't target him so much in the first four weeks. I think it's maybe because they were afraid of having you know Garoppolo or Jacoby throw up kind of a bad pass off the numbers and Mm -hmm. have him get lit up across the field. Do you think they were trying to be trying to save him a little bit, trying to – you know, not throw him to harm's right across the middle of the field. I mean, when you look at that, when you look at Gronk when he was with Jacoby Brissett, it was just very clear to me that they're like, okay, we have this guy, Jacoby Brissett, third round pick at NC State. Yeah. He's who I liked. He's I so raw. Yeah. Like, he's just nowhere close to being a consistent NFL yeah. starter. <laughs> and I think McDaniels sure, yeah. probably went to Belichick before the game and was like, yeah, this guy can't really throw anything right now. He's not really that good. So let's take Gronk out of the equation. Every tar- yeah. I remember, think about it, every target that he had was to Martellus Bennett. So it was kind of interesting to watch Brissett through that offense and then watch Brady come back in and just be like, oh, look at all these targets, 50-yard yeah, yeah. bombs to Chris yeah. Hogan, 10-yard outs to Edelman. And he didn't even finish the game. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know. I like – you know, looking looking at this game from a Bengals versus Patriots perspective, with this this new Pats offense, we we really don't know what this offense is fully capable of, capable of yet. They were still working out the Kings against the Browns, and they're right. still going to be working out the Kings against the Bengals. But I mean, I, how do you stop this offense? I don't think it's you possible. Heard, you heard Brady say he feels better now at 39 than he did at 29. Malcolm Butler didn't even know he was 39 years old. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's actually. unbelievable. It's yeah, funny. But from a from a, a talent perspective, you know, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and you just see a defense, sure, you know, Geno Atkins is good, Michael Johnson is good, Fontese Perfect is a, a crazy person. But you know, their their outside corners, Drake Kirkpatrick and Darquez Denard, aren't that good. They don't have great safeties. Like this is just no. a this is a team that if you look around the AFC, probably matches up to the Patriots as poorly as any other defense in football right, right, right now. Right, right, and I I think that that's been the theme for a few years. You know, they they've been 
minus the Colts, maybe the king of mediocrity and just exactly. barely getting to the first round one and done team. So pa- Patriots in yeah. the past six games against yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals are five and one. That one game that they yeah. lost Remind me. was like, well, I don't even remember the last time they lost to yeah. the Bengals. It maybe, must have been before it, 2010. Maybe it was Matt Caps year. Maybe know. it was Matt yeah. or the year where Brady came back from the ACL and just like wasn't the same yet. Yeah, maybe that was the year. 2009 was a weird year. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, it's still like weird to like know that the Bengals somehow beat the Patriots yeah. in one of these games it over is the weird. years. Yeah. But so, Matt, I want to hear your prediction on this. Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. one of the one of the bigger disappointments in football this year. They're only two and three. It is young, but yeah, sure. they, they yeah, got they got <laughs> they got killed by the Cowboys last week. Right. Could not stop Ezekiel Elliott. Could not stop that offensive line. They got killed by the Steelers a couple weeks ago. They got killed by the Vikings. This is a team that to me just can't beat other good teams. They're going to beat up on bad teams all year. That's sure. all the second yeah. half of their schedule yeah, that's is. What you got to do? Yeah. But they can't beat bad teams. So. Well, they can't be good teams, excuse me. So when looking at this game, what, what's, what's your prediction? How do you think the Pats are going to perform? You're looking for a score or you're looking for a... Give me a I, score because right, I'd love to hear a score. All right, what was it, 44, what was it, 44, 17 what? last in uh when they went something, Yeah, when they, uh, it was yeah. 38 to 16 maybe, right. 42 to 16 or something? Give me, give me 29 to 7. 20. <laughs> 29 to 7. Those are Patriots great over. Super Bowl squares. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's a great yeah, Super Bowl. Well, that's a great number. Yeah. I'm going to go in this game because I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to do anything. I think this is going to be nothing. I, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball against this defense. Wow. This is one of those things. This is one of those game plans where you double cover AJ Green on the outside and all of a sudden they have nothing left. They have nothing. And the Patriots yeah. have done a great job of being able to take out your number one receiver. If they, if you have nothing else, which just like they did to Terrell well, Pryor last that, week yeah. against Cleveland, so <laughs> yeah. you know you look at this this team. I, I it screams a thirty four to ten game. New England ten. Patriots over thirty four to ten. They can get a touchdown. They can get a field goal. Right. But don't be surprised to see they Brady garbage points. Exactly, they're going to be garbage points. Be garbage points. At halftime. Yeah. This this yeah. is going to be one of those games where the Pats put up like twenty seven points in the first half and just coast to the second half. Sure. Brady's yeah. first game back at Gillette Stadium since the suspension. One o'clock game. I'm pretty sure Brady's record uh, in Gillette against one of the against a, a playoff team from the last season is like 72 and one. That's awesome. Something just unbelievably unfair. Yeah, well, you can find those stats anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Tom Brady at home against the Bengals, I think it's pretty much an instant win. I thir- thir- what did I say 34 to 10 this is why. I All say right, it. I'll go for that. 34 do you think, to 10. Do you think the what in which game did they the defense kind of disappoint and give up? It was a Dolphins game. The yeah, it was game. The, the 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 Dolphins game. They, they kept the giving up yeah. all those yards right. to Devontae well, Parker and Jarvis Landry. Well, you got to figure part of it is they get these stops mm-hmm. on first down and second down, and then it's like a They're, third and twelve. They one of the they, worst they, third down defenses. They are, in football. yeah. And it's disappointing when they you know they have good playmakers, mm-hmm. they can get good stops, and then they give up that crucial play, and all of a sudden it's eight, nine, ten yards in a mm-hmm. in a drive, and you're looking at a you know a, a red zone. Down, which they haven't stopped anybody from scoring points in the red zone. They've also been absolutely, yeah, like I said, like like you just said, they've been absolutely terrible this year inside the red zone, sure. yeah. ranking as one of the worst. I'm pretty sure the worst team in football. Now, one of the things they don't do very often is, is let, let teams get the to the red yeah, zone. So give and take, I guess. But yeah. unfortunately, when people do get to the red yeah. zone, usually it's an instant touchdown. So you know, hopefully this week against the Bengals, they can clear it up. One o'clock game on Sunday. So Matt. 
Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. But we're now going to get in to our feature guest segment with uh, with Ben Volin. But before we get into that, I'd like you all to know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. One week fantasy football forecast, FanDuel, you know the drill. You've heard us talk about FanDuel over here at CLNS Radio for a while now, but you still haven't tried it. Is it because you think you won't win or because winning cash playing one week fantasy football seems too good to be true? Or maybe you think you're no match for those guys who've been playing longer. Let me put your mind at ease. You'll always get a fair and level playing field. Beginner contest for rookies only. Experienced player badges so you know who you're up against. And more single entry contests. Your single best lineup versus theirs. You have custom features. Even more fun, excitement, and accessibility. There are new friends mode. Challenge your buddies in a private league. And there's also choices for every budget. Sure, there are big ticket contests, but also contests starting at just $1. You know, we've been playing with the uh, CLNS Radio... Patriots Beat Listener League. We'd love for you guys to continue to join uh, playing against us. It's been a lot of fun. I've really gotten kind of addicted to it. I don't really play outside of the Listener League, but I go out of my way to set my lineup and make sure that everything's good to go to start the league. So try FanDuel now and get up to $50 in free entries for new users who deposit. will get five free entries to NFL 50-50 Beginner Contest valued at up to $50. You'll get one free entry a week for five weeks. Value of free entries varies based on deposited amount. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, use my promo code Patreon. That's FanDuel.com, promo code PATRIOTS, void where prohibited, and go find us at FanDuel.com slash PATRIOTS to find our listener league. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break, quick break, excuse me, and when we return, we will be joined by one of my favorite Twitter followers, one of the best Bengal followers you'll find on Twitter, and also the AFC defensive end judge for the NFL 1000 uh, report on Bleacher Report. Joe Goodberry will be joining us after the break. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show, hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on CLNSRadio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at 929-477-2386, toll-free, to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots Contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts with a play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four-time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher, and the best way, download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It's now time for our Behind Enemy Lines segment brought to you by FanDuel. This week, we are honored to welcome in Joe Goodberry, one of my favorite Bengal followers on Twitter. He's also helping out the uh, Bleacher Report NFL 1000, working on the AFC defensive ends. Joe, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Wonderful. So, you know, th- this is one of the bigger games, always is every year. It seems that the Patriots have played the Bengals Every year for the past maybe four or five years now, Patriots have had some success, but this is a very different-looking Bengals team. It's had some trouble against some of the better teams in the NFL. What have you seen from the Bengals this year that you know should maybe denote a little bit of optimism for the Pats game, or are you not too uh, excited about it? 
Yeah, the Bengals are a little bit down this year. Uh, you know, five years in a row in the playoffs and continue to successfully six out of the last seven years in the playoffs. So they've been a good team. Uh, they just haven't been able to get over the hump. And I felt this year they lost a little bit too much in the offseason with both receivers, Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones. They lost Andre Smith at right tackle. Uh, and they lost Hugh Jackson as the offensive coordinator. I think that was a big loss. So, you know, they're a little bit down right now, especially on offense. An offense I thought could carry them still, even with the loss of that receiver. Um, they just haven't been able to do it. They haven't been able to find the run game. They haven't been able to block anybody up front, really. They've been really inconsistent with that. And to be honest, Andy Dalton had it pretty good the first few years of his career in terms of offensive line and not dealing with pressure. And this year, uh, it's just in his face a little bit too much, and you can tell he doesn't look comfortable. So the team right now is struggling. A defense that's normally a top five, top ten unit right now is giving up too many big plays. They can't stop the run. It's one thing or the next. It depends on the opponent. But, yeah, right now they're down. It's going to take a better team than we've seen the first five weeks to get them back into the season. So, you know, you mentioned that they've lost players and they lost Hugh Jackson. Uh, huge, uh, yeah, huge, sorry. So at the same time, you know, th- this also seems to be a Bengals team that is a little bit lost when it comes to, you know, leadership perspective. I know that Marvin Lewis has obviously been uh, on the hot seat for a couple seasons now. You know, that loss to the, uh, to the Cowboys last week, they just looked like a dead football team. Is this on Marvin Lewis or is this on the players? Yeah, that's a good question. It's probably something we're trying to figure out also. Every time they have a down year, and it seems to happen every five years or so where they just, you know, crash and burn for a year and then build their build themselves back up. But we always point to Marvin Lewis. You know, we forget the seasons where they were competitive, where they were good, and we look at the years where they just look uninspired. They just can't find their own identity, and a lot of times that is coaching. Uh, but, again, like you said, leadership. Uh, leadership can come in the form of players, too. Uh, your quarterback, uh, maybe a, a good defensive player. This, in the Bengals' case, Andy Dalton, he's been there long enough. He's had success, but for a great of a guy as he is, he's kind of a square. So I don't know if he really commands the offense the way some other good quarterbacks do. Uh, I think the team takes the identity of Vontez Perfect a lot, uh, and he missed the first three games. It came in the fourth game. I thought he, he was a huge spark for them in the fourth game, and then in the fifth game against the Cowboys, uh, he didn't play as well, and I think the entire team ended up suffering from it. You know, He's the strongest personality on the team and maybe the best player while he's playing well and while he's under control. So if he's going and if everything's right with him, I think the team is much better from a leadership standpoint. But then again, he's a bit of a wild card, and as we saw in the playoff game, uh, they go as he goes, and he got a little bit wild, and, and the team followed. So, yes, I, I, the answer is always both because players can do more and the blame definitely falls on the coaches. After 15, 16 years of the same coach, you wonder how many of his uh, of his lines and his stories and his means of motivation are falling on deaf ears. You know, is it time for a switch? Is it time to switch it up? Is it time to add some life into this team with a new coaching staff? I don't know. I mean, you're not going to be in week five, so at this point they need to figure it out. So from a from a positive standpoint, you know, the Bengals still do have uh, Andy Dalton who, you know, whether you like him or not, still probably one of the more capable quarterbacks in football. And then, you know, A.J. Green is doing his usual thing of, you know, quietly, I guess if you w- want to call it quietly, being one of the top five receivers in the NFL. But from an optimistic standpoint, they still won two games this year. From uh, From those two games, what have they done well so far that kind of gives you a little optimism for the rest of the year? 
they fed the ball to A.J. Green, and they, they didn't care who was covering him and how many people were covering him, and they found ways to move him around and get him open. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, obviously, he's the best player on their offense. He may be the best player on the team. So if he's going, and, and you know when he is, it, he the entire offense feeds off of him. The entire offense is built around getting A.J. Green the ball, and when they struggle to do that, the entire offense struggles, as, as expected. It's kind of a good and a bad thing. When Defenses can't cover him, and that's usually most games that when they can't cover A.J. Green. The offense looks unstoppable. They can just feed him the rock, and they can move the ball down the field. Uh, if a team's willing to take him out with, with multiple players or if they have a really good corner that, that can really make it hard on the Bengals, the offense seems to struggle, and they really don't trust Tyler Boyd or, or Brandon LaFell as much as you'd like. Uh, so the offense flows through A.J. Green. And on defense, they need to get pressure with that front four, and they need to uh, they need to keep the big plays from going over their head. And in the two games they won, uh, they pretty much shut the Dolphins down. The Dolphins had the one long touchdown, and besides that, they didn't get to the other side of the field until the fourth quarter. Uh, in the Jets game, they just – it was a tough game at first, but the Bengals ended up figuring out that Revis could not cover A.J. Green. And, you know, but by the time we looked up, the Bengals had a decent lead and, and A.J. Green had 180 yards. So, you know, either way, you need, to, you need the defense to play good and you need to get the ball to Green. You need him to have a big day. So, from a more matchup standpoint, when it comes to this Patriots team, we saw, you know, you can't really go off what you say, uh, see against Cleveland. So, we don't really know what this team's full capability uh, is yet from an offensive and really a defensive standpoint. But one of the things we saw in their loss against Buffalo is a a big deficiency, I guess all season, in the red zone. And when you're a team, you know, with Tyler Eifert, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, A.J. Green, all these big-time tools in the red zone, how do you think the Bengals are going to try to line up against this Pats defense that has been amazing at some points, but at other points kind of looks, you know, like a B team? Yeah, as you mentioned, I've been watching the AFC defensive end, so I've seen a lot of the Patriots defense, and uh, I've been really impressed with them for the most part. You know, for the most part, they've been a very, very good defense, and I think it kept them in games and definitely won them games early on. Uh, so for the Bengals, if they get Tyler Eifert back, he didn't practice today. Uh, I still don't know what's going on, uh, you know, how injured is his back after missing the first four games with an ankle. He hurt, he hurt his back in practice last week. So we don't know if we're going to have them. The Bengals have struggled in the red zone. Uh, and I think it's largely because of Tyler Eifert. He's the guy who had 13 touchdowns last year. Uh, he's open even when he's covered. You can throw it up to him. He's got great ball skills, great hands, great feet. You know, he, he's, he's open all the time, basically. And right now they're struggling to run the ball. I think what they want to do in the red zone is be able to run it. And right now it's just try to throw fade to A.J. Green or try and get Brain LaFell. Uh, in the middle of the field. LaFell runs a good slant route, runs a good post route. They have a nice play that they keep using. LaFell's caught two touchdowns off it this year. It's just really LaFell and Boyd on the same side of the field. Boyd's going to run just like an in-and-out just to tie that safety up just a little bit, and LaFell's going to go behind him, basically like kind of a post route, but being so close to the end zone, it kind of flattens it in in the back of the end zone, and it's worked. And they've tried to hit it almost every single time they've gotten to the red zone. Uh, a couple of times pressure has been in Dalton's face and he's had to bail. Uh, a couple other times it's been covered, but that is a play they love. It's not that they really are very limited right now in their, in their red zone creativity, creativity without Tyler Rice. I still think, think we'll see a lot of uh, jump balls to green or ways to get green the ball in the red zone. 
But yeah, uh, this Pat's defense, I think you're going to get some pressure, especially against Cedric Abwehi at right tackle. If that's uh, Jabal Sheard rushing from that side, from the left-hand side, uh, I expect a big day for Jabal Sheard, and he's been pretty good this year, too. Yeah, he, he's been a little, for, for at least from a uh, Patriots viewing pers- uh, perspective, he's been really good. He's struggled a little bit against the run, but, you know, he doesn't have a lot of these sack numbers that people always like to point and say, oh, he's doing great, but he's definitely been getting a lot of pressures this year. I like what you said about A.J. Green or them just kind of throwing up lobs to A.J. Green because one of the big issues the Pats have had this year especially in the game against Miami where they just couldn't cover Devontae Parker for the life of them. And again this year, they had the same problem last year. They can't really cover big wide receivers, so they probably are going to target A.J. Green, you know, as they would anyway, but they'll probably look to it more. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets upwards of 16 or 17 targets in this game. And I saw the way they played Ty- uh I'm sorry, Terrell Pryor last week, and they kind of tried to double him a little bit, especially the couple times the Browns got close to the red zone. They definitely put a safety over the top, and I think that's how Andrew Hawkins ended up pretty open on their one touchdown. Uh, if they do the same to Green, which I would expect, I mean, if you're a defense, take away A.J. Green and you, what does this Bengals offense really scare you with, uh, I would expect the same thing, but the Bengals will still force it to him. Uh, it's up to Tyler Boyd and, and, uh, and Brandon LaFell to get open in the red zone. So, you know, looking from a Bengals defense to a Patriots offense perspective, obviously the guy on the Bengals defense, the Pats probably should look out for is Geno Atkins. I mean, they've had problems covering interior rushing for as long as I can remember now. And, you know, Joe Tooney's played well. They're a rookie guard. Shaq Mason's had a pretty good year, but he's been in and out of practice this week, they think, with a sickness. And David Andrews, you know, second-year center, you never really know what you're going to get from him on a game-by-game basis. But how do you think the Bengals are going to try to line up against this Pats offense, which, again, we don't really know its full potential because it kind of went up against Cleveland, and anyone's going to kill Cleveland. Yeah, the Bengals, obviously you mentioned you know, Atkins, and if you don't watch the Bengals every week, you think of Atkins as an athletic three-tech that's you know, a little bit undersized, but he has elite power his natural leverage being at barely six foot one and his strength he just throws guards around uh he's been very disruptive he doesn't have the numbers he's had in previous years but he's been just as disruptive as he's been at any point in his career uh the guy you really need to uh know about though is carlos dunlap i mean everyone knows who he is but he's having a tremendous tremendous year uh, he's been their defensive MVP easily. Uh, he, he's got a sack in three straight games, a three straight force fumble on quarterback. He's killing right tackles right now. Um, he looks really good, really good. Uh, and as he goes and, and as Atkins goes, the defense goes right now. Uh, the one thing I do think the Patriots really have an advantage of uh, against the Bengals is they'll like, they like to spread it out a little bit, you know, go three wide receivers, maybe even both tight ends split out wide. Uh, the Bengals will stay in their base defense or right now because they're struggling to stop the run and nickel. They're putting Ray Maluga in the nickel packages to try and help defend the run. He cannot cover. He can't move laterally. Uh, we've, we've seen it every single week where a team will try and go three or four wide or just empty the backfield and put the Bengals safeties or linebackers in the coverage. And the Bengals don't play a dime either. So if you can go out there with four wide receivers, you can get a matchup advantage. Um, and what we've seen is Emmanuel Sanders score a touchdown on a safety. We've seen uh, Cole Beasley score a touchdown while Ray Malugo was covering them. And um, uh, Eric Decker scored a touchdown. Each game they've almost had one because they've tried to get matchups with the, with the Bengals. So the Patriots really have that. 
from a Bengals perspective, I was encouraged that the Browns got their hands on a few balls for for uh, from Tom Brady last week. I thought the Browns could have probably uh, made it a game or made it a little bit closer had they come down with any of them, but uh, they couldn't. And you know that's I thought Brady looked pretty sharp besides those few passes. He had those nice the two uh, balls to Chris Hogan were very nice. Saw Martellus Bennett, uh, you know, as the play broke down a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'm nervous about the Patriots still, even though they played against the Browns, and I, I thought they could have been better as a whole. I don't like the matchup with the Bengals versus versus the Patriots, especially Edelman in the slot versus Josh Shaw or Darkled Denard. I think that's a big matchup to watch. So give me your final prediction for this game. You know, the Bengals have always been one of the powerhouses of AFC. Uh, excuse me, they've seemed to struggle against the better teams this year, but you know, you never really know what's going to happen uh, when the Bengals come into town and play the Patriots. They've always played them tough. So what do you think, you know, what do you think this game is going to work out to? Yeah, this is one when you look ahead of the season. I think most teams that, that see the Patriots on the schedule, you just assume it's going to be a loss. And, you know, you never try to count that one. You'd like to win it. But, you know, the Patriots for the last 15 years have been the class of the of the AFC. Uh, the Bengals are now two and three. They, they can't go two and four, you, you, especially in this division. The Steelers look hot. They're they're probably going to end up with twelve wins. So that division could be out of grasp by week six. That you know that's not something for a team that we like to think of as a perennial playoff team. Uh, being down two and four uh, heading into week seven, where they're going to go to London, I believe, to to play the Redskins. So it's a tough stretch for them. I think they're fired up. I think they're angry. Uh, I think they realize the situation is pretty grim right now if they go into New England and come away with a loss. While I expect them to lose, I do expect them to put up uh, a much more of a fight than they did last week against the against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I do expect the, the Patriots to win. I'm going to say something like 27-21, uh, a decent game, but I think the Patriots will probably have like a 10-point lead for the most part, and the Bengals will come down and score a touchdown just to make it close at the end. Wonderful. Thanks, Joe. Uh, before you go, uh, I'd love for you to give our listeners a, uh, a little kind of a quick, uh, I guess, preview of like what you guys are doing at NFL 1000 because it's gotten some good, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's gotten a lot of good reviews so far, but I don't think enough people know about it. So like, kind of give us a little review of what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, we've got a scout for every single position, and even some positions have multiple scouts. Uh, these are guys that, if you're on Twitter or you've been uh, on the internet reading football analysis, blogging, or anything the past few years, you'll know these guys as soon as you see their names. Uh, they're all good, talented football guys. They all know what they're doing. They all, they all are really passionate about it. Uh, each guy has a position now, so they're very familiar with the players. They're very comfortable with the players they're watching, and we get to see them progress over the season. We're grading them every single week, every game, uh, based on their skills and ability and based on their performance. So it's kind of a mix of both. It's not it's not just performance-based. Uh, it's also how you feel, uh, how athletic is a guy, how strong is a guy, how, you know, What's his what's his move? What are, what are his hands look like? Uh, how's his route running? Things like that. It's not always uh, performance based. It's also player evaluation. So we try to put a number grade on them. We try and grade these guys every single week and see how they fall up, fall at the end of the year. And every single every single week we we try and write up a few guys and see what we're seeing. So you know it's trying to be different than what other other websites are doing out there. But at the same time. Uh, given you, given what most NFL fans like to do is read and give some them give them something to discuss about. So uh, that's what we're doing every Thursday. You can see our grades. So tomorrow, about 10 a.m., you'll see it posted on Bleacher Report. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Joe. I really appreciate you coming on. Can't wait to read it tomorrow.
Thanks for having me, Harris. Have a good one. CLNS Radio's leading online coverage of the Boston Celtics is now even more comprehensive than ever. From the Celtics postgame show to the Garden Report to CSL and to Celtics Beat, CLNS Radio will now provide basketball fans game day coverage before anyone else in the lead-up to tip-off. The all-new Boston Celtics pregame show with myself, Larry H. Russell, will be released on clnsradio.com on game days at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, making it the first pregame show to air anywhere. We will give you a featured interview from someone providing opposing insight, a pregame report, and go on a Celtics draft pick watch all in just 15 minutes. Available game days at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on CLNS Radio and CLNSRadio.com, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It's now time for our featured guest segment. This week, we're honored to bring on Ben Volin of the Boston Globe, their Patriots Beat writer. Ben, how you doing? Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me today. Always fun. Uh, looking forward to uh, Brady's uh, big home debut this Sunday against the Bengals. Uh, it's going to be huge. But before we get into the Bengals, let's take a little look back at their game against the Cleveland Browns. It's, you know, it's it's hard to interpret, you know, how a team is good or bad when you play a team like the Cleveland Browns. But what did you see out of this offense that gives you optimism outside of Tom Brady throwing for 400 yards and three touchdowns? Yeah, obviously having TB12 back there. You know, even as well as, as Garoppolo played, I mean, it, it's still quite quite a difference between him and, and Brady. And, and Brady just has such overall command of the offense and also of reading the defense and the pre-snap stuff. But, um, you know, I saw options and I saw depth for uh, Patriots, which, you know, frankly, uh, Tom Brady's had some, some decent weapons over the years, and this might be the best he's ever had. Um, I don't know if they had... You know, anyone quite on the level of Randy Fossil or Rob Kowski is pretty close, but they got those two tight ends, Gronk and Bennett, which, as we all have seen, have been uh, pretty phenomenal so far. Then on the outside, uh, Edelman and Amendola and Chris Hogan had that big game. James White's looking really good out of the backfield. Um, so it's it's really like pick your poison. And if you're the defense, I mean, how, how do you cover all those guys? It's like you need 15 players on the field just to cover everyone. Uh, and then we saw it against the Browns. Rob Gronkowski was double teamed in the end zone. Uh, Martellus Bennett had single coverage and he caught the touchdown. And actually James White was wide open. He could have walked in for a touchdown. Um, so for the defense, it's like, how do you defend all these players? And uh, if the Patriots can stay healthy, they've got tremendous depth um, at the skill positions on offense and uh, look, certainly look like the team to beat in the AFC right now. The, uh, one of the things we've seen from this offense this year that has surprised me a lot is how efficient their offensive line has been. I mean, Joe Tooney has come in. Pro Football Focus has ranked him as the best rookie guard in football right now. Their interior O-line with Mason and Andrews has looked good. And, heck, even Cameron Fleming last week looked like a really uh, looked like a great replacement right tackle for Marcus Cannon, who's kind of struggled. What's the reason for their big uptick in offensive line play this year? Yeah, certainly you can't discount uh, Dante Scarnecchia coming back and, and helping get these guys ready to play. Um, but honestly, I think a lot of it is just the quarterback getting rid of the ball so quickly. Um, you know, Tom Brady, once again, two steps and the ball was out. Jimmy Garoppolo was like that a lot of the time. Uh, and then Jacoby Brissett, obviously the offense did struggle with him. But when, when Garoppolo and Brady are getting the ball out quickly, it makes the offensive line look a lot better. Um, that said, Marcus Cannon has played really well at right tackle this year. Nate Solder has done a, a really nice job at left tackle. Uh, run run blocking especially, Solder has been excellent. That Dolphins game in the second half, they ran 
you know, behind Solder, like six or seven straight runs, and he was paving the way for Legarrette Blunt to pick up some big some big gains. Tooney's been uh, a little up and down, but you expect that from a rookie. He's also been very solid, playing 100% of snaps. Him and David Andrews, uh, I, I think they've gotten into a, a good a good rhythm with you know Tooney at left guard, Solder at left tackle, Andrews at center, and, and Cannon at, at right tackle. Uh, and Shaq Mason's been pretty good at right guard as well. I just think they're coming together as a unit. They're healthy. They're productive. Dante Scarnecchia has got them ready to go. And uh, when the quarterback's getting the ball out quickly, it helps the offensive line a lot. Now, one of the things that recently has been great for the Patriots offense is that they finally all got healthy. You know, Rob Gronkowski's away from his hamstring. Uh, Amendola uh, seems to be okay with that, uh, with his knee and leg injuries, whatever's going on with him. And then Malcolm Mitchell's fine with his elbow injury. But now we're hearing a little bit of rumors that, like, there might be something wrong with Shaq Mason or whether he's sick. Give us a little injury report for this upcoming week. Is everyone healthy and ready to go, or are there some people who are going to be a couple surprises? Uh, the, in, the injury report was lengthy. Um, Shaq Mason was actually not an injury-related absence yesterday, uh, according to the um, according to the injury report. I'm trying to call him up here real quick just so I can be uh, accurate. There were a lot of people on it, but um, so Bolden, Freeney, Bolden and Freeney did not practice two days in a row. Um, sorry, I apologize. Real quick, I'm, I'm just checking today's practice report as no well. Problem. Um, oh, Greg Scruggs, the tight end, he was seen on crutches today. So Scruggs, Bolden, and Freeney were the only ones not absent from practice. To be honest, not a huge loss. Bolden, Bolden and Freeney are special teams guys, but they have other people who can step up. You know, everyone else is like is limited, um, but we are can probably expect them to play. Like Edelman and Gronk and Hightower, Martellus Bennett with his um, ankle sprain the other day, like Garrett Blunt. Not not too many surprises, I guess. The two I'm watching are Shane McClellan, who has passed the concussion protocol and is back at work, uh, back at practice now, and then Marcus Cannon, who missed last week uh, last week's game with a calf injury. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how those guys are, but they're pretty healthy going into this game. Uh, other than the the usual bumps and bruises that you're going to have this time of year, um, they're they're doing pretty well with injuries. You know, knock on wood. Things. Uh, one of the things I've seen on Twitter recently is uh, you and I believe it's Ben Volin have been fighting off the Twitter trolls to try to, uh, I guess, you know, just make people ignore the fact or not ignore, I guess, just people to remember the fact that this Patriots defense has performed very well this year against a lot of teams. You know, the, the game against Buffalo, they've only, they only give up 16 points despite all the yards. They've kept a lot of the uh, point problems like way down. I think they're third or fourth in the NFL and defensive points per game. What have you seen on this defense uh, going into their game against the Bengals that will kind of make you confident? Because the, the Bengals have done a really good job this year on offense of being able to you know attack in the red zone with A.J. Green, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, and that's been one of the Patriots' biggest weakness this year is red zone defense. Well, I'm a little confused. You said you and Ben Volan, and, and I am Ben Volan. Are so. you and you and Doug Kite? I apologize. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you guys That's have been and, you, you guys have um, been defending this whole uh, narrative. The Patriots fans have come up with this weird narrative that the Patriots defense just is not good, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. And you guys have been their biggest defenders so far. Well, yeah. Well, I'm well. I'm a little confused about that too because I don't know if I have been one of their biggest defenders. Um, uh, there's maybe a Ben Volan imposter out there spouting some stuff but i mean their defense is not terrible i mean i i I was defending the secondary a little bit the other day people are 
um, ripping on Logan Ryan and, and, uh, you know, I, I think he's played pretty well overall this year and, you know, the secondary is fine. I'm not, I think they have very good, uh, depth there with McCordy and Harmon and Chung and, and then, uh, Logan Ryan and Butler play well. And then you'll find a third corner, whether it's Jonathan Jones or Cyrus Jones. Um, but I am concerned on a few areas with the defense, to be honest, uh, third down defense has been horrible this year. Um, I think they're now 28th in the NFL in third down defense. They're allowing over 44% conversions. They were 30th last week, so they've at least jumped up a couple spots. But uh, they have not been very good on third down. And they're only one of five teams left in the NFL that's allowed a score on 100% of their red zone opportunities. Um, so they, they, haven't allowed, they haven't allowed too many red zone score, uh, opportunities, which is good. But every time the opponent gets down there, they score, uh, they score points. They come away with points, and it's mostly touchdowns. There have only been two field goals, and it's like eight or nine, uh, seven or eight uh, touchdowns in the red zone. So they're not bending often, but when they do bend, they break. So um, you'd like to see them come away with uh, a stop in the red zone, a turnover, uh, and then the third down defense and the pass rush. The pass rush has been very average. Um, Dante Hightower did a nice uh, job blitzing up the middle last week. And moving forward, they need him to get healthier and to continue uh, uh, bringing the blitz because I, I think they miss Chandler Jones right now. Um, you know, they, they only have like uh, eight or nine sacks on the season. Last year they were second in the NFL with 49, so they're way off their pace. And, uh, you know, Chris Long's been okay. Jabal Sheard has been very good. Sheard's been like their one consistent pass rusher. Um, and Dante Hightower really on third downs is more of a pass rusher anyway, so they need him to get healthy because – Ninkovich still isn't there yet, and Chris Long is not really a pure pass rusher. Trey Flowers has had some pressure, but still no sacks this year. But um, I'd like to see them get some more uh, pressure on the quarterback just with the guys up front. Now, my question to you from a from a personnel standpoint, you know, you mentioned that Dante Hightower really does end up being more of a pass rusher on third downs. Why do they go to Dante Hightower for that role? Because if you think about it, it realistically should be Jamie Collins, you know, bigger, a little bit faster with that uh, pass rush. Is there a reason they defer to Dante Hightower in those situations? Well, Collins definitely does blitz. I mean, we, we see that and, and um, with his skill set from college – He's a very unique player. Um, he's much he's much better in coverage than Hightower is. Uh, Collins uh, got to college as a safety, so he had those coverage skills and then bulked up and, and then became a defensive end and learned how to rush the passer and play the run. So he's really a, a complete three-down player, whereas Hightower is great, in the, great against the run, and he's a bigger physical linebacker, um, much heavier than, than Collins is. And so Hightower is kind of like a, an undersized pass rusher, whereas Collins is really, truly a linebacker. Um, Hightower could get away with playing defensive end, probably. Um, so, so considering that Collins is much better in coverage, you got him covering the running backs and, and probably spying the quarterback, like against Tyrod Taylor, whereas Hightower, you know, when he's uh, when he's blitzing up the middle, he's a, that, that's a good matchup for him against a guard or sometimes even against like a right tackle. Um, so uh, Collins certainly has the versatility to blitz, but when it comes to third down, they like going to a, a, a smaller, faster package where it's, um, you know, Sheard and Flowers and Hightower and maybe even Chris Long from the interior, smaller guys, you, you get Branch and, uh, Malcolm Brown out of there and bring in the smaller guys, um, the quicker guys to get to the quarterback. But Collins is much better in coverage than, than Hightower is. 
So now looking ahead to their game against the Bengals, you know this this Bengals team has arguably one of been one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL. They're two and three right now. They've lost to three good football teams, and uh, I believe they lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Cowboys last week. They got demolished by the Cowboys last week, and just seems to be a pretty mentally weak team to be totally honest. But uh, from their offense to our uh, to the Pats defense, you know no Tyler Eifert, uh, Jeremy Hill is still ailing with a uh, a leg injury. Giovanni Bernard and A.J. Green have looked great this year, but how does this Patriots defense match up to the Bengals' offense? Yeah, I think pretty well, especially because of what you said. They, they haven't had Tyler Eifert yet, and I don't think he's practiced yet this week. Um, you know, That's a guy that scored 13 touchdowns last year. That's a big element of their offense that's missing. Uh, they don't really have the, the depth at tight end. They have a couple guys, um, Uzoma, or C.J. Uzoma, I think is the guy. You know, He's played well in spurts, but he's not Tyler Eifert. Uh, and they're just they're a little one dimensional right now. Um, you know, AJ Green is still having a great year, but uh, they haven't found that consistent number two receiver. Brandon LaFell finally got on the scoreboard last week, caught a t- couple touchdowns, um, but they haven't had a, an easy time replacing Muhammad Sanu or uh, Marvin Jones. Um, the running back uh, Bernard, I think, is their second leading receiver. So if you can shut down AJ Green, if you can shadow. The running backs and, and make Andy Dalton beat you with Brandon LaFell and uh, Tyler Boyd and some of these guys. Um, so I think the Patriots match up. You know, we all know Bill Belichick likes to take away what you do best and force you to beat beat them with their second, third, and fourth options. And the Bengals just don't have a ton of depth right now on offense to, to be able to pull that off. So uh, if this game were in Cincinnati, I think it'd be a little closer. Uh, the fact that it's at home, it's Brady's um, you know home debut, and the place is just going to be jacked up. Uh, two years ago, it was forty three seventeen, and it's basically the same cast of characters for the Bengals on both sides of the ball. And uh, the Patriots are rolling right now, and I have a hard time seeing how the Bengals are going to be able to keep this one close. One of the big reasons the Pats have been so good this year has been an almost a revolutionary stance on special teams taking a, a big uh, kind of loophole out of the NFL's new weird kickoff rules. So, you know, the, the opponents, uh, sta- already, excuse me, uh, opponents' average starting field position this year is at their own 22, which is the worst starting field position against any team in the NFL. Has What, what have the Patriots been doing during these kickoffs and uh, in special teams this year that have made them so superior to the rest of the NFL? Right, yeah. I think what you're saying is the Patriots um, have – the best starting field position for their defense um, after kickoffs. Um, You know, they they do a great job of kicking short and covering it. They've got really good special teams guys and Nate Ebner and uh, Matt Slater and Brandon Bolden. Um, Belichick devotes a lot of resources to special teams and, and several roster spots specifically for special teams. Barkevious Mingo, Jordan Richards, um, Brandon Bolden, if I didn't mention him before. Uh, most teams can't afford to do this. And, and that's, I think, another um, example we see of the Brady effect, where you're so good on offense with Brady, and he, and he allows you to do so many things that you can devote several, uh, several roster spots just to special teams. I mean, I remember when I covered the Dolphins, they're always trying to figure out what they've got on offense, who's their quarterback, who are their receivers, and, and you know, special teams were just going to have to be guys who are the backups at those positions. You can't devote the same resources to it that the Patriots do. So, um, you know, they're not the only team necessarily that puts this much emphasis in special teams. I think the Ravens do as well with with John Harbaugh. And certainly there are others um, 
that 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 put significance into it. But Belichick's, uh, you know, the the importance he put in he puts into special teams is very well known at this point. And um, the Patriots have a great punting game right now. Ryan Allen and the coverage team are doing great. And the kickoff coverage team are doing great, and they're making you earn every yard on that field. Um, they're not just going to put you at the 25-yard line anymore. Oh, this Pats offense looked incredibly superpowered against the Browns. The defense looked a little bit improved from what we had saw against Buffalo. Kind of a reeling Bengals team. Still haven't really gotten their footing in this season. Marvin uh, Lewis still probably on the hot seat. You have to think so by now. So give me, what's, what's your final score prediction for this Pats-Bengals game on Sunday? Um, it's going to be close to what it was a couple years ago. I'll say like 38-17 to 17 Patriots. I think they're going to put up a bunch of points, and it's going to be like homecoming, and everyone's going to have a great day, and the Bengals are going to go home like paper tigers again because, you know, they just, they're not multiple enough on defense, and they don't have enough depth on offense, and I just... To, uh, I think that, uh, Brady and Belichick are 3-0 and against Marvin Lewis at home. And like I said, two years ago, it was a blowout. It was a big emotional game. And I think we're going to see the same thing on Sunday. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Ben. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Bye. It's now time for the Patriots Beat Pick of the Week segment brought to you by MyBucky. The NFL brings great opportunities to make some serious cash while watching football. So do yourself a favor before placing that wager. Head on over to MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is focused around providing a unique, personalized, and stress-free gaming experience for each and every one of our clients, no matter if you play on sports, casino games, or horse racing. MyBookie also offers its players incentives in the form of the best daily bonuses and special promotions. So what are you waiting for? Open and fund your account today with MyBookie and start winning with the best. Check out the mybookie.ag mobile platform and start enjoying the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today and you'll never miss another winning bet. And as a loyal listener to the CLNS Radio Patriots Beat Podcast, use the promo code PATS, P-A-T-S, to get a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Yes, promo code PATS. Whatever you deposit, mybookie will match. Thanks, Larry. My my booking pick of the week is actually kind of an easy one. You know, this is kind of a matchup between one team that's kind of falling to the wayside and another team that I think does have a lot of potential to be good this year. Right now, if you look at the Baltimore Ravens at the New York Giants, the New York Giants are currently favored by three and a half points. I think that this is a Baltimore Ravens team that is very weak on defense and doesn't have a great offense. They, they can't run the football. Their offensive line is way weaker than it used to be. I think that they match up very, very poorly against the New York Giants. So take them at three and a half this week. Also, please go follow uh, the Patriots uh, post-game show. They record every single Sunday or Monday after the game. I usually come on about 50 minutes into the show. So please go check them out. You can call them at 929-477-2386 and listen to them live on clnsradio.com. And don't forget, guys, by using mybookie.ag and using the promo code PATS, you can get a $100 bonus on your first deposit. But that's going to do it for today's Patriots Beat Podcast. If you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription, rating, and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today's show was presented to you by, again, FanDuel, fanduel.com slash Patriots. To join our FanDuel League and MyBookie, go to mybookie.ag slash PATS and my bookie will match 
Your first deposit music was provided by Hyde 209 and Joshua Morse. I want to thank our guests today, Joe Goodberry and Ben Bolin. For Patriots content manager, Michael Longi, CLNS radio executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. Thank you so much to everyone who turned in. This is Harris, and this is the Patriot Beat Podcast powered by CLNS Radio. We will see you guys next week after they hopefully trounce the Cincinnati Bengals.